It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, NFL fans? Welcome back to another episode of Opinion or Fact. It's been a while, but we're back. Your co-host, my name is Jeff Hartman, and with me as always, Wesley Coleman. What's up, Wesley? How are you? How's it going, man? We've got the real football games have been played, and yeah. there, there are standings now. Um, yes. Teams have won and teams have lost, so, uh, so, I, sure, so I like I'm it. I'm sure you're going to say it. Go ahead and get it out now. Get it all out of your system. I'm sure you're going to talk about the Saints being 1-0 and and the Steelers we, being 0-1. Go listen, ahead, do it. I don't care how ugly or pretty it is. 1-0 yeah. is 1-0. Yeah, um, for sure. Winning, winning by one point is still 1-0. Um, Doesn't matter. But you know what? Just for you guys, I mean, getting blown out and completely embarrassed and looking like you had no football team, it's still oh, just 0-1. So, it's, you know. Yes, it's just one game. <laughs> it's just one game. Doesn't matter. And believe it or not, as crazy as the that it's almost like comic relief there to me talking about some of this stuff, it does a, it's a perfect segue into the topic for today, and that is, do week one wins or losses really matter? So we were just going back and forth. Obviously, the Steelers get absolutely shellacked at home by the 49ers, 30-7. to 7. Wesley's Saints cling to dear life and find a way. What was it 16-15? to 15? Was that the final score? 16-15, final score. Yeah, yeah. so... Nonetheless, his team is 1-0. My team is 0-1. And there's a lot of people. I'm not saying I'm, I've never said this, that week one games don't matter, but there's a lot of people that say, man, it doesn't even matter. They, they'll essentially say that week one is an extension of the preseason. We won't know anything about these teams until like week three or four. Wesley, let's get your knee-jerk reaction first. What do you think about that? Man, I think that um, multiple divisions last year were decided 
by one game or less or by one game. Yeah. Um, and I think multiple playoff spots, including like who's going to get the wild cards was decided by one game for sure. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, it's, you gotta, I realize we got all kinds of different rules about how much you can practice and how much you can tackle and, you know, joint practices and what all you want to do. And you got to keep people healthy and all, but you've got to be ready week one. You've got to know how to tackle. You've got to know how to not fumble. You got to know how to get your play calls in and run a two minute offense. Um, and you need to know who your backups are um, for because yeah. somebody's going to get tweaked and have to go out for one play. So, yeah, it matters. I mean, every game's important. And you can sit there and say that we extended to 17 games, so maybe it's less important. But still, teams are winning divisions by one game and teams are making and being eliminated by the playoffs by one game. And, and I'm sure we can look at there's times where the difference between the sixth pick in the draft and the 13th pick in the draft could be one game. One game. Yeah. Um, now again, in that instance, it's it's your benefit if you already are gonna suck to go ahead and lose, yeah. but but it matters in every sense of, of the of the word, and um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's important. It absolutely is important, and I think about the Steelers last year; they finished nine and eight. Guess what? They missed the playoffs by one damn one game. game. Like that's it, one game. And you can go back and everyone loves to do this at season's end, especially if your team didn't make the postseason and say, man, that remember that one game? Like if, if that ball would have bounced the other way, or if they don't throw that costly interception, remember that pick that would have been a pick six, but the defender with stone hands couldn't bring it in. Like all that stuff, it all boils down to the minutia, which equates to bigger things like you mentioned. But I will say this. Wins and losses will always count in the regular season. We talked about preseason, and that's a different entity on in and of itself. But in Unless terms of the, the regular, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but so still, the, the situation with the, the regular season is that every game matters. Now, the people that say we won't know much about these teams until like week four or five, I am one hundred percent in agreement with that. However, you want to still win games while you're figuring it out. If you say that we won't know anything about team X, Y, or Z until week four, let's just say week four, and you lose three out of those four games, you could turn it around, but you're already behind the eight ball. Like you're already behind the eight ball and it's going to be really difficult. So when you look at these teams, yeah, I agree. Are the Cleveland Browns as good as they looked in week one, beating the Cincinnati Bengals 24 to three? I'm going to say no. Yeah. And are the Bengals on the flip side, are they that bad? Joe Burrow doesn't even throw for a hundred yards. I'm going to say no. So in that respect where people say like, Hey, week one, you don't really know much about them. I'm all in on that because I think the teams that hey, look at Detroit beating Kansas city in the kickoff game is, is Detroit going to be good. Probably is Kansas city going to suck. I would bet a lot of money that they're not going to suck. Just that's the way it is. So that's my take on that. So, so what's the process though? Because we've talked about this, and so there are teams that um, were at resting uh, stars, and some people weren't weren't ready to go. Clearly, so we see defenses that don't tackle really well for the first few games of the season because, again, you're not hitting hard in a right. lot of camps. Um, you see either one of two things: either turnovers not being forced because you're not tackling hard, or you see running backs or wide receivers fumbling the ball because they're they're not used to getting hit so yeah at what point do you need to figure it out like um and, and, and how do you do it what's if, if week one you're not ready because of the preseason you got you know four more practices before week two 
And mm-hmm. what are you going to fix with your communication and uh, aggressiveness and, and physicality over you know four practices, maybe three practices on a walkthrough? Something else to consider about this week one caveat that we're kind of talking about here. You're talking about all the internal stuff, which is 100% accurate in terms of what are you doing as an organization, as a team, as a roster to get yourselves ready to play? What people are oftentimes forgetting in week one is that this is when they'll go up against a team and the team has had multiple weeks to prepare and they can throw throw out some really crazy new wrinkles that no one has seen yet. And so when you take an opponent, uh, our two teams are perfect examples. The NFC South, the New Orleans Saints going against the Tennessee Titans and the AFC South, that is not a common opponent. So therefore, there's going to be some of that real awkward, like feeling out period where what I'm not sure what they're trying to do. You go against Pittsburgh going against the NFC West San Francisco 49ers, one of arguably the best teams in the NFL, and they come in and they probably have some wrinkles. The Steelers openly talked about how there were things that they were doing that they were not prepared for if the score wasn't indicative of that, which it was. You're, you're looking at things saying, holy cow, like, I was, we weren't ready for that. We were not ready for that. So in that regard, you know, you think about week one, you also have that aspect of things too. Even going back to Cleveland and Cincinnati, Jim Schwartz defense, he's bringing in a bunch of his new wrinkles. Yeah, Cincinnati was not ready for that. I think that's just one other one other little bit of the minutiae we have to discuss. So what what and, and I'm actually asking this, and I'll, I'll admit I was at the game in New Orleans, so I didn't watch a lot of the other games. So, but wouldn't the Steelers have known that a big part of the game plan was going to be handing the ball to Christian McCaffrey? And then oh, allowing him to then run for 150 yards. It, it's See, one thing like, to know so, it's coming, and it's other to stop it. So, so, so I agree, and that was where my nervousness was was with the Saints is that I just figured that week one, the worst opponent you can play is Derrick Henry because you haven't been physical, you haven't been tackling, yeah. and we had a lot of uh, change, purposeful change that we wanted on our defensive line. So it's the worst person to possibly play because he's just going to run your ass over, and if you're not physical with him or getting him gang tackling him it's not it's not happening he's going right. to he can run for 200 yards yeah. um and so so even though it's an ugly win that, that i like told you i don't care what the score is one and oh is one and oh and it's it's big to win that way um and uh i, I just wonder so is, is some of that maybe missing the game plan or is there better better ideas do do we learn more about our opponents so maybe the better coaches do better later in the season when there's more information about the opponents. Yeah, that's, that, that's really interesting. And and when you talk about like the, the top tier coaches, you know, normally in late November, December is when they turn it on and their teams start to make a good press towards the, uh, towards the postseason. And you talk about someone like Kyle Shanahan and obviously gearing up for that game. I had Rob stats Guerrero of our, uh, our fans for sports network, San Francisco 49ers coverage on. And he said, Shanahan only struggles early in the year based on the fact that he likes to have that input in what the teams have been doing throughout the season to kind of learn, glean some information and then create a great plan to beat it. And so for me, yeah, what a dud. I mean, week one, one other thing that this can do week one, talk about knocking someone off their high horse, the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base. And I don't want to get too homerish here. They were so in on this team saying like, oh my gosh, 3-0 and in the preseason, perfect 5-for-5 five five offense. Well, every drive the offense was out there, they scored a touchdown. And they come out and look like that. Week one can demoralize the fan base. 
I am witnessing it with my own two eyes and ears every single day at the Steel Curtain Network. And it's going to be really crucial for the Steelers and all these other teams like Cincinnati to who got their doors blown off the New York Giants. Hello, Dallas, 40 to nothing. Uh, they're going to have to come out and put together something, uh, some semblance of a the hope, because right now it is dashed. That is for sure. I mean, to, to be fair, um, I think that the Steelers probably played about the worst team that you could play in week one. Um, the 49ers are experienced defense that kept most of their defense together and their offense relies on very fast guys that are more athletic than everybody else on the field. And I think that's an easy thing to get going in week one um, and a more difficult thing to necessarily game plan because, and listen, let's give Shanahan some credit as, as an offensive um, guy he he's changed up his offense um, each year a little bit and adds wrinkles um, and has some athletic guys that you get the ball to in space um, and I don't think anybody needs to start freaking out we can remember that Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record in his career don't tell Steelers star- fans that starting starting off 0-1 and I'll tell you on on uh, the, the Don't Patrol podcast where we cover the Saints we we made predictions of if the Saints made the Super Bowl from the NFC who would be the AFC opponent and we all had to pick different um, op- opponents um, Jason from our show picked the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, to be fair, we all made fun of him. Um, um, and, and, and we, there was jokes made about, he was trying to uh, replace me and work with you. And that was the, the whole point was, uh, was to, so that you would figure it out. But, um, That's funny. He, he chose, I mean, that was one of the top four teams, all four teams that we chose went Oh, and four and week one. So I don't think any of us really know what we were talking about as far as getting off to a hot start. And I, and I don't think any of us are wrong necessarily because of that. Um, there are certain opponents that are probably more um, more suited for for week one and, and and coaches as well. Well, let me ask you this, and I'll ask you because you're a Saints fan and you are dialed into that team just like I am with the Steelers. How much turnover? We know Derek Carr's there now, but how much turnover have the Saints had on their entire roster this past offseason? So there's been a decent amount, but I would say that all of the turnover that we had, except for possibly one backup linebacker. All of the turnover we had was what we wanted to have as turnover. Right. Um, we've become, and this is probably not going to be talked about nationally at all, but we've become a destination that place players want to stay. Um, Michael Thomas, Jameis Winston, uh, Will Lutz, who's been cut, um, but multiple players, uh, Andrews Pete, multiple players restructured their contracts to make less money to stay on this team. Um, some of them that would have had opportunities elsewhere. Um, so Dennis Allen has, for, for he's never had a winning record. He's the opposite of Mike Tomlin right now. Yeah. Um, has created a culture of place p- people wanting to stay. Uh, we lost some defensive linemen. There were people like David Onyemata who, ever since he had a PED um, suspension a few years ago, has under de- under promised and under um, under de- delivered. Um, so tra- turnover that we wanted, but a okay. good core of our team has has stayed together for sure. The reason why I bring this up is maybe this is a wrinkle we're not looking into enough. That week one success is based on teams that don't have a lot of roster turnover, especially in those areas that require a vast amount of communication. So you think about like the deep secondary, like how much communicating is happening between the inside linebackers, the safeties, the cornerbacks, them knowing what the other is going to do. Maybe if we went and looked back at the week that was, and we said, okay, where are those teams that have had a lot of turnover at key positions, maybe they're the ones that struggled as well. That's something we might have to look into. And that's why I asked about the Saints, because if they eke out a win, 
maybe some of that roster turnover. And eventually the hope is, is that yes, there might be some growing pains and some communication issues early. If you can win while you figure that stuff out, that's good. So, so I agree with everything that you said, but then while I'm listening to it, I also sat there and said, there actually is no rhyme or reason to NFL teams who win the no, you're so, right. so so we'll see this later <laughs> in the year. The, the the Chiefs will the Houston Texans will be one and twelve and beat the Chiefs who are twelve and one. Um yeah. weird things will happen. Um any kind of NFL math of this team beat this team, so they must beat this team. It's just not the way it works. We'll we'll see a Thursday night game that's just awful and one team looks like they didn't sleep at all since their Sunday game. So so I think that we're probably putting a lot of pressure on this week one conversation. But if, if the same games happen in week 11, we'll be like, hey, it's the NFL. It happens. You know, people win, people lose. It happens. You put a lot of pressure on it because when your team <laughs> sucks it up, you got to freaking hope that they turn it around. That's why you put pressure on it. Because you right? haven't That's won a done. single game this year. No. Oh, I know. <laughs> All right. This has been a great conversation. Wesley. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you both on social media and that New Orleans Saints? And you're doing other stuff on the NFL and NS and NCAA side, I think, aren't you? I am. So I'm on a, a couple of Thursday shows on the NFL um, where we talk about NFC versus AFC. Um, got a, a, a NCAA show where we it's power two where we focus on the SEC and the uh, um, Big Ten, but uh, there's, the Pac-12 is kind of making it interesting where we have to mention them a little bit now, but. Um, <laughs> And then uh, the, the Saints podcast is uh, the Don't Patrol podcast. It's at Don't Patrol PCAST. And then my personal Twitter is at HootatWesley13. Um, love to interact and, and talk to you. Absolutely. Uh, you can find my work at the Steel Curtain Network. Um, I do feels like a million podcasts a week. If you're following our NFL feed, FFSN, NFL, you're going to hear my voice sooner or later. So uh, as always, Wesley, thank you very much for your time. We'll see you next time for another Opinion versus Big Easy. See you next time. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Wild. 